We went to one of Hollywood's veteran motion picture producers, Mr. Jesse L. Lasky. We asked this maker of hits to tell us his favorite story so that we could dramatize it on this series. Well, he told us one yarn which had always fascinated him was Rudyard Kipling's weird and imaginative tale called The Phantom Rickshaw. So for Jesse L. Lasky, and for all of you who like a good spine-tingling yarn, that's this week's favorite story. Bullocks in downtown Los Angeles, one of America's great stores, proudly originates this radio program for the nation. Favorite story. This is the program which stars the story. And that means our star this week is Rudyard Kipling's The Phantom Rickshaw. Tonight, in keeping with the spirit of Halloween, Bullocks brings you a story to fit the occasion. Here is Jesse Lasky's favorite story, Act One. the rickshaw again. Not again. Agnes. Agnes, why don't you let me alone? I'll stay with you all the rest of your life. Panzei, snap out of it. Agnes, why do you haunt me? Panzei, stop this nonsense. Lie back in bed now. She's calling me. There's no one calling you. You've got a fever and you're imagining things. I'm sure it's all a mistake. A hideous mistake. You're dead, Agnes. Dead for a month now. Let me rest. Leave me alone. Go away and take that ghastly rickshaw with you. I hear it continually. The rickshaw. The black rickshaw with the yellow panels. The rickshaw and your voice. We shall be as good friends someday, Jack. As we ever were. No, Agnes. You're dead. Go away. Stop it, Panzei. Talk to me if you like. There's no one else here. You're wrong. Agnes is here. April is gone, Agnes. April is over. And you're dead. And now there's Kitty Agnes. I'm sure it's all a mistake. A hideous mistake. I'm sick of you, Agnes. It's all a mistake. Do you hear me? I'm sick of you. Let me alone. Let me rest or let me die, but let me alone. Man, you've got to snap out of this if I have to slap it out of you. Panzei, are you listening to me? Yes, I'm listening. There's no one here. Do you understand? There's no one here. It's no use. She keeps calling me. No one's calling you. And I want you to stop this nonsense about a phantom rickshaw. Is it 
Nonsense, Doctor. Take my word for it. The hospital has handled hundreds like you. It's the fault of the system. They expect you over at the Katabundi settlement to do the work of three men. That's India. But it's no reason for you to get these strange spectral illusions. I don't know. I don't know. In cases like this, what we need most is a brain purge. Now lie back and tell me all about it. From the start. From the start. This woman, Agnes, was she married? Widowed. The wife of a fellow on the Bombay side. Keith Wessington. Where did you meet her? On the boat coming back to Bombay. But it only got serious when we were together again the next spring in December. Darling, let's sit down here a moment and rest. All right, my dear. Oh, I could listen to those temple bells forever. Jack, do you suppose we can afford a bungalow here someday for the year round? Perhaps, darling. Oh, it could be so wonderful. Looking up to the snow peaks, feeling the crisp air. Don't you love the snow? <laughs> Not when I have to climb a mountain for it. Oh, dear, it's late. I must change. Change? We're going to a party at the Colonel's. Oh, must we go? Well, if you love me, you won't say another word. But, darling... I we... won't listen to you. You don't want to go anywhere with me. You only want to make love to me. <laughs> Is that bad? But I have a new dress. And if I don't get sure it off tonight, I'll be angry. Good heavens, what's that? The sacred monkeys at the temple. <laughs> You're disturbing them with your chatter. I don't chatter. All right. I don't chatter, do I, darling? No, but sometimes you talk too much. Jack. If there's anything I detest, it's a garrulous woman. Darling. Darling, do you suppose we could ever fall out of love? Huh? I never gave it a thought. No. We've been too much to each other, haven't we? Yes. I'll stay with you all the rest of your life, Jack. You'll never be rid of me. Oh, come, my dear. Don't sound so grim. Mm -hmm. That's how much I love you, darling. That's how much I love you. <laughs> That's how it was that first year in Simla, Doctor. Did you love her? At first, she was very beautiful. The most golden hair. But then she became possessive. She hung on me every moment and everywhere we went. When did you see her again? The next year. But then things were different. I had not seen Agnes for many months. I'm afraid I had purposely not seen her. And then one day I had business that took me into the bazaar. It was there that it happened, the incident that was to change the course of my life. The incident that I shall have cause to regret till the hour I die. <laughs> Stick. This is a walking stick the gods might envy. Is it a tough wood? 
like an elephant sahib and yet it has spring sahib like a fine blade listen huh sahib the very air sings to this stick Jack. sahib a woman calls where there sahib in the black rickshaw the woman with the golden hair sahib you will take this wonderful stick i suppose so yeah Oh, sahib, it is two coins of such a brightness for such a stick. <laughs> Robber. Jack! Silk, Sahib, silk, the best from China. Doctor from Persia, Sahib, the finest Persian. Red wine, Sahib, red wine from the South Side, right? Jack, there you are. Oh, for a moment, I was afraid you weren't going to hear me. Or come to me if you did. Don't be ridiculous, Agnes. How are you? Oh, Darling, it's good to see you again. Is it? Jack, why do you treat me like this? Like what? You've been avoiding me deliberately. Have I? Last year it was different. How? Well, we... We walked together, we rode together, had tea, had dinner. Now you don't even want to see me. People change. Yes, yes, they do. You've changed so much I hardly know you. Twelve months is a long time, especially in India. You were very happy here last year. Jewels. That was last year. Jewels. Saib, I have lovely gems. No, nothing today. I have here a ruby, a ruby most crimson. We don't want anything. The man Saib in the black rickshaw has hair as golden as the wheat of Samarkand. Go away. For hair so golden, I have two exquisite combs set with the tiniest and finest of sapphires. The blue Saib on a field of gold. The man Saib wants nothing. A crown fit for a queen, Sahib. Get away or I'll have the Mim Sahib's rickshaw boys beat you. Sahib, in another land it was once said, whom the gods would destroy, they first drive mad. Then I am ready for destruction, for fools like you will drive me mad. Before the gods work their will on you, Sahib, you would perhaps buy for the Mim Sahib a brooch of purest gold, fashioned by the craftsmen of Kashmir. One more word and I'll use a stick on you myself. May Allah preserve you from Fale Sahib. You devil! Ah! Ah! Oh! My back is broken in a thousand places! Oh! Allah have pity on my children! May you have a short life, Sahib, and one of misery. May the gods of darkness creep into your mind and fill it with the fear of night! <laughs> Jack, you shouldn't have hit him. The swine deserved it. Jack, you've changed so. You were never like this before. Flowers fade, grass turns yellow, and the bloom of love is gone with the dawn. Or last year's rains. Oh, please. Please forgive me, dear. What for? I must have failed you somehow. You wouldn't treat me like this. I can't pretend to love you any longer. Oh, Jack, don't. I'm fed up. I'm tired of your monotonous voice and weary of your appeals. I'm sick to death of your whining. Oh, I'm sure it's all a mistake, Jack, a hideous mistake. We should be as good friends someday as we ever were. Can't you get it through your head that I don't want to be friends? I want to be rid of you, completely rid of you. I wish you were dead. Jack! what I said to her. That's what I said. And a week later, she was dead. Dead? Had she been ill? For several months. 
Only hope had kept her alive, and then I took the last hope from her. I'll never forget her sitting there in the black rickshaw, her golden head bowed. I'll never forget it. Did you know this other woman then? Kitty? Yes, we'd become quite thick all of a sudden. And everything was going fine until... until the afternoon we bought the ring. The ring? Yes, we had just left the jewelers. Hamilton's just outside the bazaar. Jack, dear, there's never been such a ring in the whole world. Oh, my darling, there's never been a love like ours in the whole world. Oh. Oh, Kitty, if you but knew what your coming into my life has meant to me. The freshness, the beauty, the... The understanding of you, and, yes, the unselfishness. Jack, you don't have to say such things, you know. We're already engaged. Unless it's all been a dream these last days. Is it true, darling? <laughs> Are we engaged? Well, let me see your left hand. <laughs> uh, we must be. <gasps> Kitty. What's the matter, Jack? Those rickshaw boys. They used to work for Agnes. Who? Agnes. Mrs. Keith Wessington. Is she the poor woman who died last month? Yes, that's the one. Someone said she died of a broken heart. I didn't think anyone died of a broken heart. So old-fashioned. That's her rickshaw over there. Where? On the bridge near the railing. Uh, are you joking? There's no rickshaw on the bridge. No rickshaw. Did you have too many brandies this afternoon? Kitty, I'm not joking. Look again on the bridge. There's nothing there. You're blind. The black rickshaw's there. It's turning around now. Jack, are you all right? Tell me you see the rickshaw. It's off the bridge now. It's coming toward us. Oh, let's not stand here in the middle of the street, dear. It's the rickshaw. Agnes's rickshaw. Kitty, stop the rickshaw! Strike your brothers down, Kitty! Stop the rickshaw! Stop it, Kitty! moment. Act two of Rudyard Kipling's Phantom Rickshaw. Tonight, Bullock's Downtown issues a call to arms, a call to protect you and your children against the threat of the most dangerous enemies you have ever faced. Disease, delinquency, hate, crime, divorce, maladjustment, hunger, poverty, whose poisonous fangs right now are being sunk deeply into your community, are driving Los Angeles youth to appalling acts, are making the Los Angeles divorce rate three out of five marriages, the most disgraceful of any large community in America. These ruthless forces threaten you and your family every second of every minute of every day. They are not thousands of miles away across oceans. They are right outside your door. They are strong, ruthless, forceful, thriving on the disrupted conditions of our post-war world. And they don't let up for one second, don't give one inch, until you fight back and fight back hard. No halfway let the other fellow do it defensive will check these evil forces. Only a full-scale major offensive made by you individually through the army that knows how to handle them. The Red Feather Community Chest. 
The 152 separate agencies of the community chest are real frontline fighters. They know the cunning of their enemies, know the threat to you, and they know the kind of powder it takes to win this fight. But these fighters can do nothing without you because you, not they, need your help now. Bullock's downtown urges you, give to your community chest. Remember, it is your future and the future of your children that is in danger. Give now and give enough. And now act two of Jesse L. Lasky's favorite story, The Phantom Rickshaw, with William Conrad as Ponce. When I woke up, Doctor, I realized that Kitty knew. She knew about Agnes. Doctor, don't you see how I've paid for it? As surely as any woman was ever killed by man, I killed Agnes. And now she won't let me alone. Panzer, that's ridiculous. You're suffering from some spectral illusion. Nothing more. An illusion. If it only were, Doctor. If it only were. Panzer, listen to me. In medicine, we have something we call a shock treatment. Right now, we're going to saddle up a couple of horses, ride to the spot where you saw that spectre, and I'm going to prove to you that it was merely a combination of overwork, nerves, and the hot sun of India. Shall we take it at a faster gait? It's only a mile to the bridge. You don't have to go to the bridge, Doctor. It's there, just ahead of us. What's ahead of us? The phantom rickshaw. It left the house when we did. It's about 20 yards ahead of us. Maybe it's your eyes. I'll examine them more closely when we get back. Doctor. Doctor. Panzi, you're sweating and trembling like a frightened pony. Yes, I think it's your eyes. Perhaps. My eyes see the rickshaw as surely as they see you riding beside me. My eyes see the four rickshaw boys. Do you know that all four of them died of cholera on their way to their new owner? And the rickshaw was broken up by the man she hired it from? Told me he'd never used a dead Memsahib's rickshaw. Spoiled his luck. Queer notion, wasn't it? Panze, the presence of the rickshaw is in itself enough to prove the existence of a spectral illusion. Perhaps one may see ghosts of men and women, but surely never of a carriage. The whole thing's absurd. Fancy the ghost of a carriage. Yes, fancy. And yet there it is, ahead of us. The dead travel fast, and by shortcuts unknown to ordinary rickshaw boys. Wait a minute. Pull up. What's the matter, Panze? The rickshaw's come to a dead stop. Where? By the cliff. Well, what do we do? Spend a cold night on the hillside for the sake of a blasted illusion? Let's ride on. Wait. Good Lord, Panze, the whole cliff's coming down. told you we should stop, Doctor. Man, if we'd gone forward, we should have been ten feet deep in our graves by now. We'll have to turn round and go by way of the church ridge. I want to drink badly, Pansy. (laughs) 
ten days of my treatment. How do you like it? It's simple enough. Liver pills, cold water baths, and strong exercise. And you agree the little incident at the cliff had nothing to do with the rickshaw, don't you? Don't you? Yes, yes, Doctor. It's eyes, brain, and stomach, isn't that it? Exactly. At the end of the week, you won't know yourself. You're sure of that, Doctor? You're very sure of that? What do you mean? What's the matter with you this morning, Panzer? Kitty sent back my letters. And here's a note from her father. Says that a man who behaved as I did to Mrs. Wessington ought to kill himself. Mm. And Agnes won't let me rest. I keep repeating to myself, I'm on leave in Simla, ordinary, everyday Simla. I'm in Simla and there are no phantoms here. But sometimes it seems that the rickshaw and I are the only realities in a world of shadows. That Kitty was a ghost. And that all the other men and women I know are all phantoms. And the hills themselves are just shadows to torture me. Why can't I be left alone? Don't get excited now. Get back into bed and rest. A few more days and you'll be fit. You'll be laughing yourself at these fantasies of yours. Well, Panze, after much examination of pupil and pulse, I'm ready to dismiss you. I certify to your mental cure, which is to say I've cured most of your bodily ailments. Now get your traps out of here as soon as you can. <laughs> You've been very good to me, Doctor. And very good for me. Go out and see if you can find this phantom rickshaw business again. I'll give you a rupee for each time you see it. How's your most celebrated case, Dr. Heatherly? What's that? Panze. How's Panze doing now? Oh, fine. He's been released, you know. Really? You know, the natives will have you believe that there's a crack in Panze's head and a little bit of the dark world is coming through and pressing to death. Oh, but that's in there for you. Always the most involved explanation, eh? <laughs> My notion is that the work of the Katabundi settlement ran him off his legs and that he took to brooding and making very much of a very ordinary affair. But I've handled too many of that sort. Liver pills. What? Liver pills. Liver pills and exercise. That's all they need. Well, I'm glad to hear that he's all right again. I only met him once, but he seemed like a fairly decent sort of chap. First rate. But he encountered the two great destroyers of Englishmen in India. Well, well what are those? Bad food and good women. <laughs> Very profound, Doctor. Much too profound for a hot day like this. Oh, oh there's Elkins just came in. Uh, Elkins! Oh, the fellow who drinks, so may as well have him over. Gentlemen, I need a drink. He'd get you? Oh, no, but he's getting someone. There's a chap walking down the middle of the street down by the bridge, talking to a woman. Seems to me that's been done before. Yes, old fellow, but there's no woman there. What? The chap's walking down the middle of the street, talking to a woman who isn't there. Mad as a hat, a poor devil, or drunk. Does he call her by name? No, he just talks to her. What does he say? Oh, he tells that April's gone and for her to stop haunting him. Anything else? Yeah. To take a rickshaw away. Hansai. No, no, Heatherly, come, come back here. Well, this must be my bad day. That's the second daft one I've met in an hour. What's got into him anyway? I think someone couldn't quite stomach his liver pills. <laughs>
Your friend is here, Saib. He was carried into my humble shop just after he fell hurt in the street. As you'll see, the commissioner is already here. Oh, commissioner, huh, doctor? I fear your friend is near death, Saib. Panze. Panze, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, doctor. I can hear you. Are you all right now? You've been much too good to me already, old man, but I don't think I'll trouble you further. Are you hurt? Should I be? I don't know. Commissioner, tell me what happened. When we got to him, he was lying in the middle of the mail, like he'd been run over. We picked him up and brought him to this shop. Tell me, Commissioner, will you carry the investigation of my death into the spirit world? Well, well you're going to be all right, Panze. <laughs> Never. You know, I debated with myself. Shall I die in my bed decently and as an English gentleman should die? Or in one last walk on the mall, will my soul be wrenched from me to take its place by the side of that ghost of a woman? The ghost of Agnes? Stop it, Panze! Shall I return to my old lost allegiance in the next world? Or shall I meet her, loathing her and riding by her side in that rickshaw? Through all eternity, shall we... <coughs> shall... thing to go down quick among the dead. Uh, only one half of your life completed. Commissioner. Yes? There are no marks on his body. But he must have been struck. Did anyone see him fall? Oh, no, no. That's the strangest part of it all. He was found on one of the busiest streets, and yet no one saw him go down. How about the sadhu? The holy man? Yes. Oh, all right, I'll bring him in. What with your examination, Doctor? Uh, you there, you say you own this shop? Yes, it is my shop. I sell gems, beautiful gems, Saib. What do you know of this? Only that the man was cursed, Saib. How do you know? It came on the wind and died in the tree, Saib. What does that mumbo-jumbo mean? That the man was cursed, Saib. Ah, uh, uh, Commissioner, what nonsense is... Oh, yes, there you are, Commissioner. Uh, here's the holy man. Let's see what he has to say. Do you know this man, Sadhu? The one who stands there and sells bits of glass, Saib... Or the one on the floor now sells his soul to the powers of darkness. None of that nonsense now. You know who I am, don't you? You are the commissioner of police, sir. I want you to tell me if anyone was with this man when he fell in the street. All men are alone when they die, sir. After he fell. Did you see anything? When the soul is in flight, no one can see it or know whence it goes. Did you see something on a more material plane? Anything on the street after the man fell? Yes. What? A rickshaw, Saib, moving very fast. What did it look like? It was a black rickshaw, Saib. A black rickshaw with yellow panels. It was his destiny to die slowly and a little every day. Uh, you can go. Yes, sir. Commissioner, I don't know what you want to make in the nature of an examination... But I don't need to go any further. I'm satisfied as to the cause of death. You are? Yes. Hmm. What are you going to put on the death certificate? I'll just say he was run down by a phantom rickshaw.
have been listening to Rudyard Kipling's The Phantom Rickshaw, the favorite story choice of motion picture producer Jesse L. Lasky. Favorite story is brought to you by Bullocks in downtown Los Angeles, one of America's great stores. Heard in the cast were William Conrad as Panse, with Eric Snowden, Edmund MacDonald, Lois Corbett, Gene Vanderpile, Guy Kingsford, Ramsey Hill, and your announcer, George Barkley. This week's program was directed by True Boardman with sound designs by Jack Hayes. Music was composed by Bob Mitchell, who conducted Claude Sweeten's orchestra. This was a Lawrence and Lee production. Bullocks proudly originates it for the nation. Now here is True Boardman to tell you about next week's favorite story. Next week, we bring you the favorite story of one of the world's greatest travelers, Mr. Carveth Wells. Mr. Wells has suggested an excursion which should be most welcome to all travel-hungry radio listeners. Next week, Jules Verne takes us from the Earth to the Moon. We hope you'll be listening. Until next Tuesday at 9, when we meet you in the crater of Copernicus, good night to you from Bullocks. (laughs) 